1: plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to a bonus episode of Cinematic Universe, a podcast that's all about comic book movies brought to you by filmdivided.com. I'm Joe Cunningham, and joining me to help make sense of the comics behind the movies are... James Hunt. Oh, wait, oh, wait. (laughs) Behind the movies is... James Hunt. (laughs) So, because this week Deadpool is released, it's actually released today, Um, we haven't had a chance to get together and all watch it yet, so we are aiming to bring our Deadpool spoiler special to you by Friday. Um, But because we always like to release a podcast on a Wednesday, we thought... We'd get together tonight, James and I, and we would talk some Deadpool pre-movie. So, think of this podcast as like a beginner's guide to Deadpool, or everything you need to know about Wade Wilson before you see the movie. So, James, I guess the best place to start is at the beginning. Rob Liefeld created Deadpool, is that correct? Yes. And so, what, what did Rob Liefeld do with him, and what's his origin? Because... I, I, as far as I'm aware, he changes a lot from the original version that Liefeld created.
0: Yeah, so he he first appeared at the end of a volume of uh, X Men comics called New Mutants, which was about sort of the the second generation of X Men characters. Hmm. And he were like at the time the book was becoming like all comics, in fact, were becoming quite artist led in that people were buying the comics for the artists and not
1: so much the writers. This is early '90s, right?
0: Yeah, this is just before the creation of Image, right? Uh, which kind of you know that happened because of these superstar artists. So, mm. so basically, any any sketch of a character was uh, sort of turning into you know the, these big names. So, like, you had Rob Liefeld was drawing New Mutants, and he kind of completely threw out all of the the characterization and storytelling that had. Characterized the book for the first half of its lifetime and replaced it with these really flashy, sort of impressive but generally poorly regarded stories. Right. And throwing what he threw into that was a character called Deadpool, who was like a kind of he was an antagonist who was an assassin, uh, and he came part and parcel with uh, Cable. Who are you familiar with Cable?
1: Vaguely, he's is he from the future or something? Yeah, son, Cabe- son of Cyclops.
0: Yeah, that's right. Cable, yes. <laughs> you've mastered the family tree.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: Cable is a, the guy who came from the future to try and stop Apocalypse and stuck around. Was, yeah, he was he was leading X uh, the New Mutants and turned them into X Force. Uh, okay. And Deadpool appeared around the same time as a kind of antagonist. Uh, from cable's past
1: right okay um a related question to that and i'm gonna pepper in some questions on today's podcast that we um reached out for on twitter earlier will jones asks is rob liefeld actually a misunderstood pop art genius in, bra- <laughs> in brackets yes
0: <laughs> i mean you can certainly make that argument like you know at the time he was so popular he advertised levi's jeans
1: but to a liefeld general himself- audience.
0: yeah <laughs> like he was featured in like he is a cool comic creator and he wears Levi- Levi's amazing like that's that's the kind of stature that these people are at like it's a am- it's amazing how far the industry crashed afterwards but
1: yeah to say that what Marvel nearly went out of business what five years after that yeah yeah it's crazy so Liefeld's version of the character how long did he write him and how long was it before he pops up elsewhere
0: Ah, oh, well this is the thing cuz Life wasn't actually writing the book. He was just sort of drawing uh I think it I believe it was Fabian Fabian Yezer who was doing the
1: Yeah, that's correct I think. Yeah,
0: he was doing the scripts cuz I know he's credit is the co-creator.
1: Okay, so but how long how long was Deadpool in New Mutants?
0: Uh I think it's only that he appears in issues in, in issue 98 maybe. Right. And then the book ended with issue 100 and turned into X-Force. Okay. So, like, we're talking... Liefeld was definitely on the book for some time. But as he became more popular, he was given more creative control to the point where he was just drawing pages and giving them to Fabian Nicieza to script over, basically. Wow. Like, that's that's how the books are working at the time. Uh, and as i say they it resulted in some quite poor quality comics but you know people so, went people weren't coming for the writing they were coming for the art so they were selling literally millions of copies
1: so was it the luck of deadpool that endured what what was it that could, you know gave marvel the idea to pursue this character further
0: i mean it's that's a kind of interesting point because sort of the <laughs> The visual of the character isn't even that distinctive. Like, it's very heavily influenced by Spider-Man in the costume department. And sort of his weapons and stuff are all influenced by a DC character called Deathstroke the Terminator. So, you know, he's not even that original. But every person who wrote Deadpool kind of added something to the character that, like, resulted in something that was eventually a success. Like, if you go back to the original version he's just kind of a fast talking assassin and there's none of the none of the meta humor or the inner voice or the sort of looney tunes one liners that kind of <laughs> became his trademark like it, you know it's he's not the sort of character who started off as the version that became popular so it's kind of hard to say like oh you know it was down to rob liefeld
1: so between between the rob liefeld version and the joe kelly version that you recommended that i read back on our x-men origins wolverine episode Mm -hmm. was there anything in between there or was joe kelly the guy who kind of took this character and did and added a load of that stuff and suddenly found a angle on the character that really worked
0: yeah i think like i'm not to be fair i'm not entirely familiar with the period between sort of the the x-force era and the joe kelly era so there are a couple of years where I'm not sure what was going on with the character, but definitely Joe Kelly crystallized a lot of it into this is going to be like Deadpool is a comedy character and here is how he works as a lead.
1: And and so if if the Joe Kelly version is the one that kind of established Deadpool and made him a popular solo character in his own right, how did he capitalize on that? And when did he become ubiquitous? Because... I, am I right in thinking that currently there are something like six or seven titles that are either Deadpool comics or team books that feature Deadpool in some variety?
0: I think it is reduced a bit at the moment, but there was certainly a period where there were at least like four or five on the shelves. Like, I, as a comedy character, there's a lot of story, you know, a lot of mileage you can get out of his kind of one joke just by throwing him into different situations. Hmm. Like at at the moment, there's definitely uh, the main deadpool comic and there's a spider-man deadpool ongoing right um in the past you've had deadpool core which was about sort of alternate versions of him forming a team uh there was deadpool team up which was just deadpool and other characters uh they've been mini series like 12 issue series uh of deadpool like deadpool kills the marvel universe Deadpool kills Deadpool, Deadpool kill which is where he went through metafictional universes, like <laughs> turning up in Little Women and, uh, you know, books like that. That I mean, sounds no, they, insane. I yeah, guess he's
1: he's a, he's a massively versatile character in that respect.
0: Yeah, well, especially because he's got this kind of trope awareness. Like, you can throw him into any any situation or any story and he can adapt to it because you, you've got the get-out of... Oh, I know what's going on here. I've been put in a stupid one-shot to sell some comics. Oh well, I guess I'll go along with the flow then. <laughs> like you
1: know, there's no story that Deadpool can't break. Well, and 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 now we've got Gwenpool as well. <laughs> yeah, like but, who started off as a
0: like a one-joke variant cover and has and now become a character.
1: Yeah, now getting her own series. It's They're just uh, crazy.
0: <laughs> as an interesting aside to that, I was trying to work out the other day on Twitter whether whether Sony or Fox would be able to make a Gwenpool comic.
1: Ah, or, may, because, or, or maybe Marvel.
0: Well, quite, because technically she's an alternate version of Gwen Stacy. But her name isn't Gwen Stacy, it's Gwen Gwenpool with an E. And she's-, and
1: she's kind of got Deadpool's powers, but also you could say that she's just an Inhuman because everyone knew in Marvel's an Inhuman now, right? <laughs> so they, can, they could put her into that movie.
0: Yeah. So I'll be interested to see someone try and stake their claim on that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That'll be interesting. Yeah. Um, so is it, is it fair to say that Deadpool... I'm thinking along the Gwenpool route. Is it fair to say that Deadpool's maybe Marvel's Harley Quinn?
0: Oh, uh, Definitely in that area. I mean, I think at the time he might have been more like uh, a DC character called Lobo. Mm. But certainly I would consider them equivalent in the current era, yeah,
1: yeah. So what? So going back to Deadpool's origin, what actually are his powers? Because, like I said, I've read I've read a couple of comics. I've seen a bit of him, but mostly I saw him in X Men Origins Wolverine, <laughs> and he was good with samurai swords and quipping, and and then he got his mouth sewn shut. So what can he actually do? Has he he's got Wolverine's healing powers?
0: yeah but uh, like basically he was um given wolverine's healing factor by weapon x to Mm. and the reason he did this was because he had cancer and rather than cure his cancer the the healing factor kind of fights it but can't get rid of it so that's why his body's completely messed up is because the healing factor reacted badly with his cancer but also it means he can't be seriously injured in any way
1: um, which and, helps uh, helps for that looney tunes kind of uh story yeah
0: exactly i think i think i'm right in saying that his sort of weapons abilities aren't anything mutant like like you know he's not even technically a mutant in the marvel universe that's one of the sort of more confusing things about
1: him well i guess because the powers were put on him rather than, than yeah they'd been a mutation
0: yeah like they're they're kind of a genetic graft and he doesn't have an active x gene i think if you want to get really nerdy about it
1: of course we do james
0: yeah i mean you can you can find discussions about this where people will scream at each other trying to claim he is or isn't a
1: mutant but but as far yeah, as, as your take is, yeah his my only, only is superpowers are the healing yeah and then he does the rest of the stuff himself mm-hmm. and then so the fourth wall breaking and all that kind of stuff is that just something you kind of accept as a a fun thing about the comic or is there ever any attempt to kind of explain why deadpool thinks he's in a comic
0: i i mean in his early appearances he was just insane like he was right people would say oh this guy's insane and that you know anything that suggests the awareness of being in a story is written off in universe as this guy is insane okay so yeah there's there's nothing more to it in canon as far as i'm aware there's nothing more to it in the in the canon that.
1: Fair enough. Okay, um, I'm going to um, ask another question to you that came in via tweet here. And this is going to go slightly off topic of Deadpool himself. Mm-hmm. Um, but John Nugent was asking, I think he's seen the film. Um, he said he was a bit fuzzy on all of the powers of everyone who wasn't Deadpool. So <laughs> I think it might be good to kind of go through some of the other characters who were going to be in the movie and kind of go through who they are in the comic books and what they can do. Um, okay. And we can probably refer back to where they popped up in in Deadpool's timeline as well. From from reading some of the Joe Kelly stuff, I'm going to assume that quite a few of those characters came from there. So I'm b- oh, thinking definitely. particularly um, Weasel and Blind Al, who, um, as far as I'm aware, not, su- not mutants, not superheroes, just part of his kind of gang
0: yeah they were they're just kind of misfits who he you know became friends with like weasel uh weasel yeah weasel's just a normal guy no powers there and blind Alan is blind and uh, uh, she was his roommate had
1: he also kidnapped her as well or something
0: yeah she was his roommate slash hostage
1: right okay
0: yeah but you know they got on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, okay, so ne- next up, I think I think we're probably mostly going to be talking about mutants from here on in, mm-hmm. um, given given that they're characters that are allowed to show up in a Fox film. Um, <laughs> Gina Carano is playing Angel Dust. Who is Angel Dust? Because I know we've got an angel and another angel in Marvel's comics, but this is Angel Dust. It's very confusing, James. I'm
0: not. I'm not entirely sure that she's ever actually interacted with Deadpool on panel. Right. Um, she was introduced in a 2002 comic called Morlocks.
1: I've heard of the Morlocks. I think. Yeah, the Morlocks. Like a l- like, long-running, like X-Men antagonists.
0: Yeah, they're kind of they're a group of sort of disfigured mutants who live in tunnels underneath uh, New York.
1: Yes, yes, yeah, I've yeah. heard of them.
0: And they they you know, they had their own series back in two thousand and two when Marvel was trying out lots of different stuff and Angel Dust was created in that series.
1: And is she is she just kind of a plug and play character for this film, given that she's is it is it kind of like the X Class X-Men first class thing, which is Oh, here's a mutant that we found in the archive. We kinda like how their powers might work in this movie. Let's let's put them in it.
0: Yeah, I mean her her powers were that she has sort of she can raise the level of adrenaline in her body to give herself super strength and speed and stuff and when she does that uh she has a sort of brief period of superhuman abilities and then Gets powered down afterwards.
1: Okay, um, so that's Angel Dust, um, a character who sounds like she must be from the Deadpool kind of area. Neg- <laughs> Negasonic teenage warhead. That surely can't be a character that was created for a non-kind of meta comic book, can it?
0: <laughs> I'm afraid to tell you that she was indeed. She was created by Grant Morrison and Frank Whiteley.
1: Oh, okay. Well, that in, maybe makes a bit more sense then. Yeah,
0: in the pages of New X Men.
1: Okay, um, so is that is that kind of last decade or so?
0: Ah, uh, I'm trying to remember what year it was. I guess it was about 2004, maybe. Right. Maybe two- okay. Yeah, sort of early early 2000s,
1: definitely. And what can she do?
0: I mean, she was. The, this is the very weird thing: is that she, as the character, she barely appeared. Like she was one of Emma Frost's students on Genosha and was killed almost immediately after being introduced.
1: <laughs> right. Okay.
0: Um, in there, her powers are that she's got telepathy and some degree of precognition and she's just a kind of goth who, who, you know, dies and briefly gets referenced after the fact.
1: Right. So she's, she's never met Deadpool either.
0: Nope. But in, I don't know if you, have you seen the second trailer?
1: Uh, possibly.
0: In, where in the second trailer, she's shown having some kind of energy based powers.
1: Right. Okay. And
0: yeah, like that. You know, that's out there and it's different from the comics.
1: Okay. Marina Baccarin is playing a character called Vanessa Carlyle. And now this hasn't been stated outright in any kind of marketing or like on IMDb or anything. But Vanessa Carlyle in the comics is a mutant called Copycat. So, you know, depending on whether we see her in mutant form in the movie or not, what is Copycat on the page And she she definitely has a relationship with Deadpool, right?
0: (laughs) Yes. She turns up around the same time as Deadpool does in the early issues of New Mutants. So we're talking sort of 1991 here.
1: Okay, so around, around the same time as Deadpool.
0: Yeah, except she turned up as, do you know the character Domino?
1: Well, I do only because there was some confusion when morena Baharrin was being cast as to whether she would be playing copycat or domino
0: <laughs> well th- okay that's interesting because when when she was when copycat was introduced, she was actually posing as domino for a significant amount of time. It was like a couple of years, probably it was after new mutants had become x force it was revealed that she had infiltrated the team by impersonating domino and gaining cable's trust uh, oh, and then so
1: her power is she is able to
0: yeah she's a sh- she's a shapeshifter basically like
1: mystique yeah that's what i was gonna say she's she can mystique yeah is there anything <laughs> that differentiates them
0: uh not to the best of my knowledge right oh I mean, oh actually no sorry she can she can replicate uh superpowers as well which mystique can't do here
1: oh okay so she's actually more badass than mystique
0: (laughs) yeah well you wouldn't know from how she gets used but yeah
1: (laughs) that's always fascinating to me how some characters you're like okay they've got that power or or they've got (laughs) that power but that one has endured just because they turned up in better stories or writers have more consistently found Mm -hmm. out a good way to use them
0: like as just as as an aside i tend to find that the the simpler the powers are the better the characters endure mm. like if you make if you make powers too complex it kind of muddies any sort of metaphorical
1: use like use of them yeah yeah i can see that yeah um and so copycat how did she become entangled with deadpool
0: i think what was happening was she had been asked to do the job by the same guy who hired deadpool and Deadpool blew her cover when he attacked X-Force.
1: Right, okay.
0: And then I can't remember if they were in a relationship before or after that. You know, they were definitely in a relationship when it was definitely established later on that Vanessa had been his girlfriend when he found out he had cancer and he left her to go and get the cure off Weapon X.
1: Right, Okay. Um,
0: yeah, so that that's where she fits into his backstory. I can't remember where that was exactly revealed. It might even have been the Joe Kelly run.
1: Fair enough. Um, okay, so who is left? Who haven't we mentioned yet? Um Ajax. Is it Ajax? Yeah. It's not it's not Ajax it's like the football team.
0: <laughs> as far as I know, it's Ajax.
1: Um I, I think I think it's pretty well known that Ajax is the main villain of this movie. Mm-hmm. Um is he a Deadpool villain or is he being, has he been has he been co opted from elsewhere?
0: Uh, no, he was he was introduced as part of Deadpool's backstory as the guy who worked for Weapon X and gave him his powers.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, so and, he's
0: you know he's pure Deadpool.
1: And I imagine that Wade Wilson seeks vengeance.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Fairly simple that one. Um, mm-hmm. And the the character that I assume everyone will know a little bit better than the rest of these is colossus because we we've seen colossus in various other x-men movies so i think we kind of all know his deal in that he's a big guy that kind of turns his entire body into steel i assume Mm -hmm. and is big and strong Um, organic steel yeah is there anything else about him that you think we need to know going into this movie or is there any criticism you can give of how the character has been used previously that means that they're willing to try and retool him, give him a new actor and reintroduce him here?
0: So in the film, he's he's basically the straight man for Deadpool. Like, he's the, he's the guy who is there to be a conventional superhero in a way that differentiates Deadpool from unconventional superheroes. Hmm. There are reasons I think they use Colossus and why I think it was probably a good choice. But I don't really want to talk about them too much because it will spoil the film.
1: Right, okay. <laughs> um, is there anything you think we need to know about him from, from the page?
0: I mean, the, the big difference between this version in Colossus and the previous movies is that...
1: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot...
0: they followed the comics in making him very russian. Right, okay. Which is something that didn't make it into the movies but was present in like the cartoon, the X-Men cartoons and
1: you know, all of the other comics. Is there any mention mention of him having a sister?
0: There is not that I'm aware of.
1: Nah. Uh, Cuz his sister is Magic, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, Magic with a K. <laughs>
1: um okay, great. Well, I feel like that is um a decent primer on all of the all of the other mutant characters we're expecting to see in the film um i'll i'll go back to um another question that we got in on twitter earlier and this was um from a user called sandy nelson um, they want to know when is deadpool actually funny because anything <laughs> that i've read this is sandy is try hard pish <laughs> so I mean, what, what are the standout comics from deadpool what are the ones that have made his name as actually a funny comic book character
0: i mean it's very hard for me to answer this question because i'm right there with sandy in having agree, uh having enjoyed virtually no deadpool appearances
1: ever <laughs> fair enough
0: like um I w- what i will say is the joe kelly version is very well respected and well loved by People, even people who don't normally like Deadpool. Mm. And of of the Deadpool stories I've read, the Joe Kelly ones are the only ones where I really get the kind of humour that they're going for. Mm. I mean, for a long time he was being written by a writer called Daniel Way, who did a lot about Deadpool having a kind of interior monologue that that argued with itself, who introduced this notion of a, a kind of back and forth between different personalities within Deadpool that run was phenomenally successful for several years and i never found it funny but clearly someone did i mean the thing the thing me and seb always say about deadpool is that it's whether this is fair or not is that we describe it as comedy for people with no sense of humor <laughs> because it is just out of context one-liners and pop culture references mm. like it <laughs> For me, it doesn't do what good comedy does, which is use character and satire and all those other tools it is just pure nonsense. And if you don't like nonsense, it's hard to get into it.
1: Well, is it maybe fair to say then it's kind of like, you know, um, a popular sitcom? I don't know, something like The Big Bang Theory, where <laughs> maybe it's not the most complex show in the world and maybe it's just a set of archetypes and like buttons that are pushed time and time again but if you're not wanting to overanalyze or get too deep into it you know if you want to watch it while you're eating your cornflakes or whatever then it's perfectly (laughs) fine (laughs) yeah I mean, is that fair you know like it's not that it's not funny it's just that it's not sophisticated so it's just kind of like base level humor that you can appreciate if you're in the right mood
0: i would like someone who i would like to hear from people who like deadpool what what appeals to them specifically Mm. because like for me it is just the there are one-liners and references and if you don't find them inherently funny there's nothing nothing there like the thing the thing i like about deadpool to the extent that i do like the character is that is when they get into the moments of pathos, which, like, beneath the kind of insanity and joke spouting and craziness, they occasionally give you hints into this kind of tortured and sentimental and kind of, you know, fundamentally broken personality who you can feel some sympathy for and you get the impression that all the wackiness is just a cover for that. Yeah. And that's the kind of stuff I like about Deadpool. Right, okay. Uh, if, if a version of the character doesn't have that, then I can't really relate to it.
1: Okay. It's, I've got to say, um, I, I'm not entirely sure where it was that I've read Deadpool recently. It might have actually been in the Gwenpool holiday special, which I ended up reading. And it's mm-hmm. quite good. There's only like a, a tiny portion of it that is uh, Gwenpool. And yeah, well, it's, they, it's they renamed else. it. Um, but the... I. I I think th- there was a there was a section or a short story where like Deadpool was interacting with um, Clint Barton and Kate Bishop. I actually did quite like Deadpool in that small dose. And now I've not read you know much more than I think I read two issues of Deadpool when you told me about that uh, back on the podcast. I I actually quite quite that sh- small dose, and I liked the kind of silly little asides and i kind of like the idea that this guy was a complete goofball um but there was also just in that brief time a kind of a sense of him kind of wanting to impress the other two so they'd be friends with him and (laughs) it was quite sweet when they just because he couldn't get into the birthday party or into the christmas party that they stayed with him and you're right i that that was something that i actually appreciated in that small dose of that character.
0: Yeah, like I I will say my favourite story that has Deadpool in is uh Uncanny X-Force by Rick Remender. Hmm. And in that he is the team's comic relief. Like basically they're a, a kind of wet works X-Men who go around assassinating villains <laughs> under the radar.
1: It's and... like the start of X-Men Origins Wolverine.
0: Yeah, well quite <laughs> like they're all killers so it's a pretty dark book. But everyone except him is very serious about it. And in that context, like they're aware they need him because he's got skill got the skills they need, but they're also all irritated by him because he's, you know, irritating. But he wants to be liked by them. And, you know, that, that dynamic works. It's when you transplant Deadpool into being a lead that I sort of run out of run out of enthusiasm for the whole shtick.
1: Um, that actually leads quite nicely into um I think another question that we got on Twitter today. This is from Ashley Day, who asked um, he'd love to know how we feel Deadpool would work if slash when he's integrated into an X Men team movie. (laughs) Um, And so we can probably avoid like movie specifics here, but just you know that the, the idea of that character. Would would you ever like to see him going and joining the rest of the team? Do you think it would work? Or do you think there is just too much of a tonal imbalance?
0: I mean, I might have said in the past that I didn't want to see Deadpool in any X-Men movies. But having seen the Deadpool movie, like there are bits of it and part of me thinks, well, you know, this could give the X-Men franchise something it's missing, which is a bit of a sense of humour. Hmm. Like, occasionally you get a couple of quips off Wolverine and stuff. But generally, the X-Men movies are very serious.
1: You've got to think about, as well, about how positively viewers received Quicksilver. And that kind of character who literally darted in and out of a movie in kind of five ten minutes. And I get the impression that Deadpool is probably a character who could walk into an X-Men movie, do something and then go... I don't give a shit about the rest of the stuff you're doing. See you later, and that right, yeah. <laughs> that, that might be a nice way to pep up Deadpool movie, uh, X Men movies, rather than like make him part of the team and make him integral to taking down Apocalypse or whatever. But yeah, yeah, he,
0: yeah, he I could can just be a,
1: a little, a little cameo or a little, little something you can throw in here and there.
0: I can completely see them having him in a future x-men movie especially if this movie does the kind of business i'm expecting
1: it to it'll be interesting how this film does at the box office because i think absolutely this film is going to play well with fans of deadpool just from i'm i'm saying that from the marketing or of deadpool fans are going to show up in force to watch <laughs> this so it'll be a question of how much it kind of crosses over into the wider consciousness um, yeah. because I mean like even Wolverine movies don't do the money of X-Men movies you know they, they have a steep drop off so I'll be I'll be very intrigued to see how this film does I can see it being like a really buzzy kind of film but you know whether you know is it a Scott Pilgrim or is it you know is it a Guardians of the Galaxy right and yeah I I'm mean... kind of <laughs> expecting this year's Guardians of the Galaxy box office wise to be Suicide Squad I just feel like that has a little bit more crossover potential, whereas I see kind of Deadpool playing hard to its audience.
0: The fact that it's R-rated is going to hold it back. Yes, but it's also going to create, you know, enthusiasm from the kind of people who wish more movies are R-rated. Yeah. Like if anything's going to stop future crossovers between X Men and Deadpool, it's the fact that this movie is full of blood and gore, and the X Men movies aren't.
1: Uh, I mean. Uh- Like, I am firmly of the belief, and I've said this before, that when it comes to any crossovers, and I would apply this to Daredevil in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, you put a character into a situation, but the situation that you put them into, that's the tone that they have to kind of adhere to. So if Daredevil ever turns up in an Avengers Infinity War movie, he's on their turf. And it's the same way how kind of, like... Flash episodes get a little bit darker when Arrow crosses over and Arrow episodes get a little bit lighter when the Flash crosses over, but the tone is still very specifically <laughs> that of its own show. And mm-hmm. I do wonder whether, you know, like Daredevil shows up in a Marvel movie, it just gets that little bit darker and Deadpool turns up in an X-Men movie, it gets that little bit goofier and you just you just play to those particular elements rather than the blood and guts and gore elements.
0: Yeah, see, this is, something, this is somewhere where we probably disagree because I kind of think that ultimately, like, w- you know, as much as we're watching films, what we're actually watching are adverts for merchandise.
1: And adverts and, for future movies.
0: <laughs> well, quite. <laughs> but, and in that sense, if Daredevil was going to show up in, in an Avengers movie, he would instantly have all these kids enthusiastic about the Daredevil TV show, which they can't watch. And if parents let them watch it, you know, they're going to see go...
1: needles in eyes. Yeah, I'm needles in eyes, spikes
0: that. through heads. Like, <laughs> so in that sense, it make you know, even disregarding the internal politics between Marvel TV and Marvel Studios, there's a good argument for keep those worlds separate because if they cross over, we're going to damage the toy sales. Hmm. So maybe that's cynical. But part of me, like the problem with that line of thinking, is that Colossus is an X Men character and he's in this movie. Yeah. So they've already blurred the lines.
1: Yeah. I guess I guess that kind of the rating imbalance does affect things a little bit more. Um, But again, I mean, like in the first season of Arrow, he was snapping necks left, right, and center, and Flash (laughs) has never gone anywhere near that kind of tone. So I can, you know, I can imagine younger kids watching the Flash. Possibly, but not watching Arrow. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I, I I think there's still I think there's still room for manoeuvre there.
0: Yeah, I mean, and the other the other thing is Fox don't really do merchandise for the X Men movies because of various licensing politics with Marvel.
1: Mm.
0: Like Marvel is is trying to kind of strangle Fox's hole on the X Men to the point where it becomes unprofitable. So they're just in the business of making movies. Yeah, and you know the occasional TV series, but you don't get X Men toys for the most part. You don't get T shirts and
1: lunchboxes with the X Men on. So why not? Why not just use one movie to promote promote another movie? Yeah, so and if not they're get, if not they're, they're too just delicate about it,
0: yeah, if they're just selling the movies, they can afford to be less picky about what they do with their characters and tone and how they blur those lines.
1: Yeah. Okay. Um. Another question from Twitter. This is um a more specific one. This is from Paul J. He asks. Um, he read an annual where the voices in Deadpool's head are the result of melding with Madcap. Who the heck is Madcap? <laughs> is it is it an insane Captain America or is it something else entirely?
0: Madcap was a supervillain who was introduced in Captain America in the 1980s. Ah,
1: um, not Nuke, another <laughs> Madcap nailed it. <laughs> That's uh, that's nerdy like, nerdy jokes. Now.
0: Madcap is even crazier than that. Like he he wears sort of half a pinstripe suit suit and a like fedora type hat.
1: Right. Uh, and, and he melded minds with Deadpool.
0: Yeah. Again, anyone who has an encyclopedic knowledge of Deadpool is gonna probably pick up a mistake or something in this, and then for that <laughs> I apologize in advance. But.
1: Tweet at James Hunt. (laughs) I think... And also tell him to watch The Flash.
0: I think what (laughs) happened was... This... Like, Daniel Way, as I said, established this kind of thing where Deadpool had an interior monologue. Deadpool used to argue back and forth with himself. And I think at some point, they decided... Like, okay, we're going to do away with this conceit which has been part of the character for a long time now. So they introduced this story where... Deadpool and madcap got incinerated together, and their regenerating powers caused them to merge into one person and the the other personality inside Deadpool was revealed to be madcap Love but i don't comics. think I don't think it was intended as that from the start I think it was just something that they were like, okay, we're we're doing away with this conceit, but because we've been using it for so long, let's do it in story because it's Daredevil, because it's Deadpool. <laughs> Jesus, uh, you <laughs> know there was one. In. There was a Daredevil slash Deadpool annual, and that doesn't help.
1: <laughs> that must have been the most confusing thing ever. <laughs>
0: um, so yeah, I th- as I recall, that story ended with Deadpool getting cut in half, and half of him regenerating into Madcap, and half regenerating into Deadpool without the secondary voice in his head
1: um it reminds me I, I was reading an issue of sam wilson captain america and he turned into cap wolf and it was <laughs> clearly meant to be a thing that was like referencing something in captain america history and i yes. just thought it was dumb and i didn't like it
0: well it was dumb and no one liked it at the time that's probably why they were doing it but you know when do you remember when they announced secret uh, civil war as part of the like marvel phase three slate yes and they f- gave it the fake name of the serpent society yes until yeah, they yeah, said, yeah yeah i was thinking if i'd been running that and i knew they were not going to make a serpent society movie i would have like straight down the line said it was captain america 3 cap wolf
1: because <laughs> people would
0: have been looking at that going what the actual hell
1: yeah i would have been
0: yeah <laughs> and like it's you know it's It's a popular enough aspect of the history that you can almost conceive them doing it. (laughs) But at the same time, it's so unbelievable
1: that it could never happen. Maybe when he finally crosses over with Deadpool, when everyone works (laughs) out their differences. Um, I'm going to throw in one of my own questions here. Um, Wade Wilson, does he have an alliterative middle name? Is he like Wade William Wilson or is he just Wade Wilson? Not that I'm aware of. Well, then that's disappointing because then the actor playing him actually has more of a comic book alliterative name than he does. <laughs> Ryan Rodney Reynolds deserves a three-pronged Wade William Wilson as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> so think think about that, Fox and Marvel, going yeah. forward. You've let yourselves down there. Um, oh, no. Yeah, hang on. <gasps> I've just it's looked at the Wikipedia
0: page real name wade winston wilson
1: yes amazing
0: <laughs> maybe that's why ryan reynolds was so keen on
1: yeah he's like i really identify with this guy a with his three, I three-pronged three alliterative name <laughs> <laughs> oh, i love the right rod um <laughs> i've seen quite a few articles today talking about um something that ryan reynolds has said on the red carpet about deadpool being pansexual um Ryan Reynolds said, I love that about Deadpool. I love that he can break any boundary in future. I hope we get to do more with that. Um, And then Ryan Reynolds said he certainly thought it would be nice for Deadpool to have a boyfriend at some point. I certainly won't be the guy standing in the way of that. That would be great. So that was something that I completely wasn't aware of before. Is that something that has played much into the character on the page?
0: I don't think, like, he's never had a boyfriend, to put it that way. Right. But at the same time, one of Deadpool's sort of psychological things is that from moment to moment, his identity changes. Right. And there's no consistency. So, like, he might be gay one moment and then homophobic the next. Like, there's, you know, there's no consistency in that sense. So... I wouldn't say Deadpool as a character would necessarily identify as pansexual, but at the same time, you can use him pansexually and not have any problems.
1: That's cool. And it is cool that the actor is coming out and kind of like just not trying to dance around that, as in like, oh, don't want to turn the nerds off.
0: Yeah. Like if, you know, if you, if you picked up a comic where Deadpool was in a relationship with a man, it would not be in any way out of character in the same way, if he was making gay jokes, it would not be out of character. Like, there's just... You can do anything with him.
1: Right. Well, I guess in a way, that's kind of great.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, it depends. You know, I don't think anyone would have him be a homophobe hmm. in a movie, because that's not going to sell well. <laughs> Whereas the alternative gives you lots of interesting story options. So, yes. I'm, you know, I can see that happening.
1: Yeah. Excellent. Uh, a couple of last questions before we wrap this up Andrew Bryant asks how many how much pool can a deadpool pull? I would say he
0: can pull about one comic a month and after that it gets a bit wearing
1: <laughs> very strong answer um and then this is gonna be a slight tease for our full on spoiler special podcast on Friday. I haven't seen the movie yet James has Ross Chaplin asks. Is it worth watching?
0: Yeah. Oh. <laughs> that
1: I is mean, that is as that is as positive as I could imagine you being given how you were talking about this movie maybe six months ago.
0: Yeah, I mean, d- like my one-liner is that I think this is going to do for Deadpool what Guardians did for the Guardians. Wow. Like I, I can imagine a lot of people coming out of this one being deadpool fans and it's going to be the right people to go and buy the comics like make of that what you will (laughs) but i think this can only be good for deadpool comics
1: okay well i think that's it for our beginner's guide to deadpool hopefully you know everything you need to know about that character going into the movie i certainly feel like i'll be going in with a little more context now um so uh james has seen the movie as you've just heard i'll be seeing it shortly and hopefully we will be back with you by friday with a big old spoiler special deadpool special so if you've seen it by then great you'll have a podcast to listen to but hopefully most of you are going to be you're going to be waiting for the weekend and the podcast will be there friday and it'll basically have turned up at the perfect time and we always (laughs) planned it that way (laughs) In no way did I get rejected from the press screening and had to wait until watching it on general release. Um, We won't do all the usual end-of-show spiel because you're going to hear it on Friday. Um, So thanks for listening. Enjoy Deadpool, and we'll see you in two days. Goodbye. Goodbye.